Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. Happy New Year, everybody. It's the first week of the 2024 sports calendar, and even though football season may be over, and even though our bet of blue Gatorade at the Super Bowl dunking Andy Reid did not cash, we are still giving you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you head to Bet Online Sportsbook with the link in the description to this episode and use our promo code BELIEVE. Use that 50% welcome bonus to bet on basketball. Maybe you're into the pro, maybe you're into the college, maybe you're into Caitlin Clark setting the all-time scoring record in the history of college basketball. However you choose to bet, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the link in the description to this episode. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hey, Razor. Hey, Kyle. How you doing, buddy? I am doing absolutely wonderful. It's great to hear from you. How are you? I'm great. Can't complain. It's a beautiful spring day here in North Carolina. 60s. Is it technically spring now? Is it, has it like thawed out in North Carolina at this point? Yeah, I feel like when you get to like, you know, you can get some really cold conditions, but when you when you can somehow get past the 20th of February, you're on a good path. You know, that our, our weather's like, I tell people December 20 to Feb 20, pretty rough. Um, and then, like, spring starts to emerge very early March. And, uh, of course, you'll get some cold days here and there. But then you can get a day where it's, like, 75 on March 3rd. And that's just amazing. So, um, nice. but, yeah, no, it's nice. And it feels like we're inching closer to conference championships weekend. Yes, we are. And Razor Rosenthal, of course, check out his Twitter if you want great content for people who are listening. Sometimes I just start the podcast somewhere around here. And... What we do every year is that after football season ends, we ask Razor to give us a college basketball crash course. And what I've done the last two years, this will be the third year I've done it that I think I enjoy a bunch, is I know some about college basketball this year. But what I'd like to do is when Razor joins us for the first college basketball podcast we do, I open the Ken Palm rankings for college basketball for the first time. Like live on the podcast, I look at it for the first time and see if I can identify some trends, topics, and just things that pique my curiosity. And for those who remember the podcast last year, the first thing that I noticed when we did this exercise was, oh, hey, I guess UConn is good now. Was totally shocked by the fact that UConn was good. And then UConn ended up winning the championship at the end of the whole thing. So there's a lot of pressure riding on me to prognosticate who the champion is going to be here but razor just before i open ken palm for the first time um i know uconn was the number one team again this year so they're not sneaking up on me is there a team you think that was in the first initial top 16 rankings might be a bit of surprise who you think has a chance to a either go on a run in the conference championship or b make a, a run deep in the tournament this year yeah, I think it's the guys that basically encompass the building two miles from my home. And I think I think UNC could be the best team in the country if they could figure it out, right? I really believe that the Tar Heels have 
slipped here and there. Some really bizarre losses, even in the Dean Dome, but for the most part on the road or a neutral court. I know there's no Puff Johnson. He's up at Penn State. Caleb Love is in Tucson, Arizona. But this team's really good when they're clicking on all cylinders. R.J. Davis scores 42 two nights ago, eclipses Tyler Hansborough's uh, record in the Dean Dome. I think this team is really good. I think they have what it takes to make a run. They play eight guys consistently. At times, a ninth or tenth guy may emerge onto the floor. But I don't think Carolina was – I could be wrong, Kyle. I don't remember their, their preseason ranking or when the first rankings came out. But that's the team that I believe in the most at this juncture. Yeah, and it's not surprising. I mean, North Carolina obviously was in the championship game two years ago. I know you mentioned Caleb Love is gone now, but they've been able to replenish. Armando Baycott feels like he's in like his 17th season in college basketball now. He's he's that guy this year who's kind of taken over the the Luke May title of feels like he's been at North Carolina for 17 years now. And I totally understand you putting North Carolina at the top, despite the fact that I'm not sure if they made the tournament last year, if I remember correctly. They did not. They deferred to play in the NIT. They would have probably been a one or a two seed. And uh, it was a big controversy here in the Raleigh-Durham area where the Tar Heels did not play. They snubbed everybody. And something that um, I think Coach Hubert Davis was just trying to move on from the season, get into a recruiting situation immediately back in mid-March. But no, the Tar Heels were absent uh, in the big dance last year. Okay, so going right before I checked Ken Palm for the first time, the one team I'm curious about where they'll end up is the University of Houston, because I know they were a number one seed in the initial um, ranking that the committee came out with. I know they're top five in the country, and it's really interesting because Houston has been this dominant team for a good number of years now. I mean, they made the final four. What is it now? I think three seasons ago, and that team, I believe, had the fewest number of wins of a Kelvin Sampson team of the past five or six years, and they were the one that made the Final Four as opposed to some teams the last couple years that might have been even better. So what do you think about Houston, the team that they've built this year, and whether it has the best chance or has a chance to get back to the Final Four? I think the big difference between Houston of this year and the previous two years is their guard play, I think, is significantly better with Shed and Cryer. But I'm a little bit concerned about the front court if they run into teams like Purdue in the uh, in the Final Four, perhaps, or the NCAA championship game. I just don't think they have an answer for a big guy like Edie. Not sure if they have an answer for Hunter Dickinson, as we saw Kansas absolutely ran them out of the gym in Lawrence. So uh, I, I think the front court, to me, is the biggest concern if you're a Houston Cougar backer or, or fan to make a massive run in the NCAA tournament. I don't think this is their best team, but yet they sit on the overall one line right now. So... Uh, it's really hard to beat their backcourt. They don't lose at home, but that doesn't count when you're playing in the NCAA tournament, Kyle. So I, I'm, I'm not on Houston. As, you know, I don't obviously we don't know what their path is going to be to get to the Final Four, but I can tell you right now, I'm just not sold on Houston making a massive run because of the lack of depth with the big guys. All right, the time has come. I am going to open the Ken Palm rankings for the first time right now which will reveal that Houston is the number 1 overall team okay okay that makes yep. sense and the number 1 defensive team right now 
They play um, great D, Kyle. They play great D at home, and they're they're in the best conference, right? So they're leading. They're the number one seed in the best conference. I think they weren't the number one ranking. I'm just a little bit reluctant to go all in on them to make a huge run right now. So Purdue at the number two line, that one stands correct right now. Um, oh, that's interesting. Okay, let me ask you about this. Um, Iowa State. Iowa State's currently 21-6. and six. They occupy the 11 line, but they have the number three adjusted defensive rating, according to Ken Palm. What do you think about Iowa State? Because I, I saw that one. I had no clue Iowa State was putting up such a good season this year. Iowa State's really good. I think the only time I saw them get really beat up was at Houston last week. I had Houston on the money line. And and at times, they gave Houston a lot of problems late in the first half, beginning of the second half in that game. They destroyed KU. They've destroyed a lot of good teams that have come into that building in Ames. But I think you really have to look at the one thing we all have to look at when we're betting the NCAA tournament is how are these guys doing on a neutral floor, right? How are they doing on the road? If Iowa State's laying 13 and a half in round one or two, can you really trust that? Because a lot of these teams like Houston and Iowa State, they covet the home court advantage. I think they're fast. I think they're deep. I think Iowa State may be the Big 12 team that makes the largest run. I don't even think Kansas has any depth, which is surprisingly the case usually KU has the most depth of maybe anyone in the country let alone the Big 12 I think I trust Iowa State here with the depth that they have they play a lot of guys they rotate a lot of guys I watch them play a lot I've seen ISU blow out teams at home like BYU Cincinnati with easy money on the money line uh, I love Iowa State Kyle I think they'll probably emerge as a three seed if I had to bet money on it right now to this day uh, give me Iowa State to possibly even make a larger run than Houston just depends on the draw Okay, so Iowa State is the number two team in the Big 12, it would appear. Then you have just a, a it looks like kind of just a mishmash of teams because I see Baylor 14, BYU 15, Kansas 16. Uh, that, that Those look like, oh, there's, okay, Texas and TCU are down a little ways further. So that seems like the Big 12 is going to put seven or eight teams in the tournament most likely this year. I think they're the best. They're the best league by far, and I think the Mountain West is probably number two. This Big Twelve, this Big Twelve conference between last night, BYU comes into Lawrence and runs them out late in the second half. Who saw that coming? BYU and Houston just tremendous additions to on the basketball floor. Not so much on the football field so far in the Big Twelve, but it, it, you, you know when you go in, in into a Big Twelve game on a neutral site in Kansas City. That is going to be really tough money to bet. It's going to be almost impossible to handicap BYU versus TCU, BYU versus Texas. It's just an exciting conference, and I really hope that people you know, stay involved by watching what's going to transpire in Kansas City. It used to just be the Kansas Invitational. I mean, how many times has Kansas won that game in Kansas City? That's not a sure thing anymore. It's probably up for grabs. I wouldn't be shocked if Houston or Iowa State didn't necessarily win that because they are getting away from their friendly confines of their homes in Houston and Ames. So that's going to be the best conference tournament. And again, I go back to the Mountain West and Las Vegas. Honestly, Kyle, if you could fly me out to any conference tournament, it's Las Vegas just because the appeal of Vegas. But also, you got five or six teams that are really good, five or six teams that should be in the field of 68 as well. I mean, I, I, I look at, look at Nevada Reno last night, the miracle three from half court to go into Colorado state and win that game as a six and a half point underdog. What a game. And, and so you even have the running rebels. I mean, they are a really good team that is fighting for every right to play in the tournament. 
And of course, Utah State is so solid. Uh, looking at San Diego State, you know, your guys down in the southern part of the state, they, they still have a chance to possibly make a run with their defense. So I know I'm getting a little bit off subject. We were talking about Iowa State, but I'm so excited for the Mountain West and the Big 12 Conference Championships in two weeks. No, no, let's talk about the Mountain West because the Mountain West has always been my conference. Ever since I was a wee little baby and San Diego State had Kawhi Leonard and I got to go watch their games because it was the only basketball within the region of where I grew up. Let's talk about the Mountain West because finally people are coming around to the fact that not only is this a basketball conference, it's one of the best basketball conferences in college basketball. And if I were to fly you out to Las Vegas coming up in March... Uh, you could get, I believe, 10 or 11 of the top 60 Ken Palm teams. I'm kind of trying to do the math real quick here because within the region of Las Vegas, you can get the Mountain West Tournament, the West Coast Conference Tournament, and if you go to Henderson, Nevada, you can get the Big West Tournament too, which I know has a couple of teams that are pretty good. I know only one will make the tournament, but um, you know, th- they, they host like three conference tournaments all within the Nevada region for, you know, the, the financial backing of putting on a tournament, but the mountain West, what's interesting about the mountain West. Now that they're in conference plays, it feels like all these teams are beating each other up. And despite the fact that they're all beating each other up, nobody's really falling out of the tournament contention. People are recognizing that, even if they don't have a team in the top 12, the Mountain West probably is one of the deeper conferences that might put six teams in the tournament. I don't think the Mountain West has too many teams in the top 25, and I don't understand it. I mean, they, they play this really vigorous schedule. I mean, I think that Utah State Aggies are probably the highest-ranked team, if I had to guess, uh, maybe San Diego State. But we didn't even I didn't even mention Boise State. Boise State's really good. They, they probably have winning percentage in the conference of close to 75%. So I, I, I think that it's going, they're going to be scary teams. They're not going to be facing each other round one or round two in the NCAA tournament. So, you know, if you're a team that's on the, you know, if you're, if you're a, an eight, eight, nine line and you get a team like Clemson having to face Boise state, boy, I think I like Boise state in these type of situations. They have played a much more rough and difficult schedule than some of these teams that are going to come out of the big 10 and the ACC. Well, I've got some uh, some surprising news for you, Mr. Rosenthal. According to Ken Palm rankings that I am looking at for the first time as of eight minutes ago, uh, Utah State is the sixth-ranked Mountain West team in the conference. Uh, that's in- that's incredible. So and we have a good team. A good team. I think they're probably a top twenty-five team in the polls. I would imagine they keep winning. So we have San Diego State at eighteen. They're at the top. Then you have. 32 Colorado State, 33 New Mexico, 39 Boise, 40 University of Nevada, Reno, 42 Utah State. So they're all within the 30 to 40 range, but technically by percentage points, they have Colorado State, New Mexico, Boise, and Nevada ahead of Utah State. I think you're going to see a lot of these teams on the eight nine line, right? You got you have eight spots for that eight nine line, right? Four representing the eight line, four representing the nine line. I think you're going to see probably three or four of those teams in that spot. The likes of New Mexico, maybe the likes of Utah State, the likes of Colorado State, and I'm just excited. And I, I'll be I'll be more than eager to pencil them into round two if I see a lot of these guys on the eight nine line. They just bang it. They just banging bodies. Good defense. Every night, for the most part, unless you're playing Air Force 
or San Jose State, you are playing somebody. And Wyoming has really slipped. I remember being on your podcast a few years ago and just loving the Wyoming Cowboys. That's not the case anymore. But those three teams I just mentioned, San Jose State, Wyoming, and Air Force, those are kind of like buys, right, in, in the Mountain West. You're always going to have three or four bad teams. Those are really bad teams. And I think the rest of the, the, rest of the, uh, the league is just really competitive. And let's not forget Fresno, the Central California team. They, they stink pretty bad as well. But those top six teams, I really hope they all get in the tournament. I mean, we say that they're bottom feeders, and yet I believe Air Force – beat UNLV at UNLV by like 30 points earlier this year too. Yeah. And that's what happens though. I think that's kind of normal in college basketball. You have a group of young men that maybe went out the night before or struggling in life, a group of them and it could happen. But I think when you clean it up and you get to the conference championships in, in, in Las Vegas, the cream will always rise to the top for the most part. Never. I mean, never too many upsets in these, in these conference championship tournaments. I want to switch gears a little bit here. There's two conferences, and again, for people who don't know, I am looking at the Ken Palm rankings for the very first time, inundating myself with college basketball in a way that I have not so far this year. Uh, I see basically no Pac-12 teams at the top and very few Big Ten teams at this point. Uh, what do you make about, obviously, Purdue is number two, Arizona's number four. They still have the the cream of the crop at the top of the conference, but that that middle class we're used to, those conferences putting like six, seven, eight, nine teams in the tournament, just gauging the Ken Palm rankings, it doesn't look like that's going to happen this year. Also, is Fred Hoiberg finally turning around Nebraska? He is, and, and we could start with the Big Ten since you mentioned that. I mean, these guys win, and they win big. I mean, Nebraska played Minnesota on Sunday night. May have been the easiest money line of the day. Laying minus 325, they won that game, I don't even know, by 20-something points. Yeah, Nebraska's a top-five team in the Big Ten, maybe even probably number three overall behind Purdue and Illinois as far as consistency goes. Uh, this is a league that's not very good. I'm really disappointed. The two big disappointments are Michigan State and Wisconsin. I think they brought back enough players to say back in December or November that these two teams could be a four- or five-seed in the tournament I don't even know if they're going to make it. Maybe Wisconsin does, but Michigan State, boy, do they sometimes just completely collapse. They have a great win against Illinois maybe two weeks ago and then just get moves at the buzzer to Ohio State at home. These, these games are just – just, you just can't have it if you're Michigan State. I do still think if Michigan State would emerge into this tournament, which I don't think is going to happen – Boy, Kyle, they brought a lot of guys back. They would be so dangerous based on experience and depth, but they just haven't put it together. I do trust Illinois. I think Illinois is really good. I, I think I think this team is scary good. I think this is a team that has potential to reach an Elite Eight with the right path. And the problem with Purdue is, uh, I mean, do you trust these guys? I mean, <laughs> honestly, I think their backcourt is, is a little bit shaky. Compared to yesteryear when they were actually better, I felt like they had better teams in the past. Even with Zach Eady, I felt like they had more of a support cast a couple years ago when they lost to St. Peter's and, of course, last year to uh, Fairleigh Dickinson. But, listen, no one's going to stop Eady. That, that's the problem. So if Painter can somehow draw up 85% of plays that involve Eady, he doesn't have to necessarily have the ball under the basket, but you know, put a little bit of pressure 
on the other guards, and you think you know double team uh, Edie, and then there hopefully there'll be some wide open guard play for Purdue to make shots. But I I want to trust Purdue, but you can't. I mean the 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 history tends to repeat itself with Matt Painter. I mean I think this guy's made one elite eight with all this talent. I believe they beat Tennessee in the Sweet Sixteen like five years ago. Made it to that final eight yep. regional final. I can't remember the circumstances, but I do remember them beating Tennessee in a miraculous win. Other than that, boy, have they underwhelmed for so many years. Um, they'll be at one seed. I don't see them losing yet another game. I think they'll roll through the Big Ten Championship. Maybe maybe Illinois challenges them, but um, it's just not a good conference, and it really should be. Yeah, I remember that year. That was the Carson Edwards season. I remember I had uh... – I think I had Tennessee winning the whole thing that year and that blew up my bracket was Carson Edwards averaging like 30 points a game in the first three games of the tournament. I love that we're just treating Purdue now like they're the Dodgers or something or just like, well, they're good, but we all know how this is going to end, right? It's just we, they have reached the stage where they've lost so many times in the tournament now that we just outright dismiss them every single time. And it's, you know, it's kind of fair. It's also kind of not, but it is, you know, at this point, it becomes just part of your identity when you lose to St. Peter's, Fairleigh Dickinson, and I believe the year before that was like North Texas or something like that, too. Like, they've lost they to... They, they yeah. did, yep. In a 5-12 game, I believe, or 4-13. They weren't as good, but they did lose in that first round maybe as a 4-13 or 5-12 situation. Yeah, and, you know, lucked out for Matt Painter the one year that they were down bad, it looks like, was the year that the tournament wasn't held because of the pandemic. So, you know, flip it around. Team's supposed to be pretty good. I I just think it's it's funny that that's the treatment we give for Purdue because Zach Eady is so good. Like, the, he's he is essentially the only, I would say, like, player who I feel like is... I don't want to say household name because that's such a cliche way to go about it, but Zach Eady is absolutely incredible to watch and you just don't see that type of unicorn player stick around as long as he has in college basketball. And I think that's part of what makes Zach Eady so exciting is that like he's a true he's tried and true, I believe junior or senior, and he's going to be a lottery pick and not since like Buddy Heald have you really seen a player like that stick around as long as he has. Yeah, best player in this uh NCAA tournament coming up by far. It's just a matter of can your guards step up to the challenge and can Matt Painter not F it up, essentially. You know, <laughs> I, I, still, I, don't, I don't know how he keeps doing it, but let's take a look at the bracket. Let's see when it comes out three weeks from now. I can't wait for that. And, you know, it doesn't even matter at this point what their bracket is. Could you have predicted they're going to lose to St. Peter's in round two and Fairleigh Dickinson in round one? So whether they have a, a, a tough bracket or not, how much can you trust this team? I don't know. We'll see. But – I think Purdue is probably the best team in the country. I think I trust them a little bit more than UConn as far as not in the NCAA tournament, but if they were to play today on a neutral court, let's put this game perhaps in New York City, which is definitely more of a UConn town, or let's put it in Miami, Florida, right? I think I lean Purdue maybe minus three and a half. That's, they're just a better team, but I kind of trust UConn more when it comes to this field of 68, though. Let's switch gears just a little bit. I'm looking at the SEC. There's three teams at the top that are all right next to each other, according to Ken Palm rankings. Auburn, Tennessee, Alabama, all right next to each other. Then you have Kentucky, who I, I know the Kentucky people are upset right now because I think they lost 
back-to-back home games for like the first time since Rupp or something like that at Kentucky. But uh, what do you think about the gluttony of four teams that appear to be at the top of the SEC? And it seems like there's a handful of teams that might also make the tournament between South Carolina, Florida, Mississippi State, some others. But it seems like there's four really good teams in the SEC this year. Yeah, I think Kentucky has improved a ton since you just mentioned the back-to-back losses. A win at Auburn kind of ran them out of the gym. Uh, wins against Ole Miss at home, and then a win last, uh, I think it was last night or the night before in Starkville, Mississippi, at Mississippi State. I think Kentucky's good, Kyle. I think they're the best team in the conference. If they're, they're young and they're foolish, kind of what the motto has always been at Kentucky, young and foolish, right? So I think that if they can gain experience, maybe even – make a huge run in Nashville, but I also think Kentucky is capable of losing early in Nashville to a team like Florida. Florida beat them in Lexington. They were one of the two teams that beat them back-to-back games. Uh, I do like UK. I just would really like to see what kind of matchups they get in the tournament. I think they're my favorite team in the SEC. Alabama is really good, too. I mean, this is an Alabama team that's probably not as good as the last few years where we've seen even Alabama on the one line. But the cream of the crop uh, in the SEC by far is Tennessee, and I feel like this could be the, another guy who blows an NCAA tournament for Barnes. Uh, we're talking about coaches who just never live up to the hype or talent. I think Rick Barnes has a chance here. I think this is a team that will easily land on the one line if they can emerge in Nashville in their home state and win the SEC championship, and maybe they can have one slip up in the regular season and still be on the one line. I think Tennessee is the best team. I love Kentucky, but the surprise and the darling of the SEC by a mile are the guys from Columbia, South Carolina, who saw USC potentially being a five or six seed in the NCAA tournament. Really good year for the Gamecocks. I love that you've kind of explained that 2019 tournament game between Purdue and Tennessee, which was like the universe conspiring to not allow Matt Painter or Rick Barnes to be allowed to go to the Elite Eight. And the game went like double overtime because they neither person is supposed to make it that far in the tournament. And the universe didn't know what to do with itself. They're both just chokers who will end up underperforming. I Tennessee being the best team in the conference is something I've heard before, and I want Tennessee to go far in the tournament. It would be cool to see Tennessee make the final four because I know how excited that would be for that fan base that hasn't really had a lot of success. I thought maybe Auburn would be the team that you said was the best in the conference, but it would appear that Tennessee, Kentucky, teams like that might have a leg up on Auburn, or maybe Auburn isn't playing their best basketball at this point. Yeah, I just like, I really do like uh, Tennessee, and I do like Auburn. Don't get me wrong. Auburn's had some some wins where they've blown out teams. I think they beat South Carolina a few weeks ago, maybe maybe two weeks ago. What was that, like 40 points in that game? I couldn't believe it. I mean, I thought it was a great price tag. I think I played Auburn at minus 280 at home with another money line parlay, and they ended up winning by 40. Like I said, they lose at home to Kentucky, but then they come back and beat Georgia uh, in Athens recently. Georgia's pretty good, Kyle. That's not that's a really good win to go to Athens and win by twenty one. So yeah, this team's good. I mean, they blew out Alabama. I, I think I think Auburn's going to be a dangerous team in the NCAA tournament. Really, 
not too many deficiencies, but uh, I think I think I think if we're if we're going to go ahead and give awards right now as we sit here in late February, Tennessee's my favorite team. South Carolina is my most pleasant surprise, and the sneaky team that may win Nashville and go the furthest would probably be Kentucky because I know that that's not a bold statement, but if you look at the seedings, Kentucky's probably five or six in the SEC right now, so I do think they're the team that could probably win it all uh, as a as, as a team that's not in the top four right now. Over the next couple weeks, what is a team that I didn't mention that you think it's important to discuss and might have uh, some influence over what conference tournament week looks like or maybe even the tournament? Who am I missing as we wrap up here? I think it's Marquette. I I think Marquette is as good at times as UConn, but they certainly do not show that when they play them in stores or Hartford, wherever, wherever that game was played a few weeks ago. I just think the depth of Marquette is there they brought back everybody i think marquette's a dangerous team that we should see on the two line as long as they take care of business get to the big east conference championship final and the msg win or lose that they probably cannot slip up anymore losing to teams like st john's or seton hall in the tournament to to covet the two line but they're a they're they're a sure thing at the two line and I really like Tyler Kolick, and I just I just think this team is so good when they're on. But, hey, listen, just like every team, they have slip-ups. But the biggest disappointment for Marquette was that premier game one week ago at UConn. And I don't even think – I don't think they beat uh, UConn if you and I were in the backcourt that night. UConn ran them out of the gym. So give me Marquette finally to emerge as a team that has the potential to make a deep run in this tournament with the right bracket. I love the Golden Eagles. Yes, come on, Shaka. Finally, get it done. He, I don't believe he's been back to a Final Four since that VCU run. No, no, he be, has not. It would be cool if he finally... I mean, he might not even have been to an Elite Eight. Maybe one of those Texas teams went to the Elite Eight, but it is, it's been a long time coming for Shaka because we all know he's a really, really good coach. Like, as soon as he got to a... Well, first of all, he kept VCU prominent for years, got to Texas. They immediately were top 10 in the country, leaves for Marquette, like didn't get fired, but kind of saw the writing on the wall type of stuff, left to go to Marquette, worked out fantastic, immediately back in the top 10. Like we know he's a good coach. He's an awesome recruiter. It would be awesome for him to finally, finally see that success with a team like this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I love Shaka Smart. I love what he did at VCU. I think he had a tough situation in Austin, Texas. He had some great teams, probably some disappointment. But this is his Marquette team. You know, Kyle, listen, if he wins the Big East Championship in Madison Square Garden and a couple teams like Tennessee slip, Tennessee goes down early in the SEC tournament, Houston goes down early in the SEC tournament, why not? Can Why not put Marquette and UConn on the one line if it is a uh, UConn-Marquette final in the garden and somehow Marquette emerges, this team has the potential and the right to be on the one line. But uh, yeah, that, that's the team we haven't been talked about. I guess we haven't really talked about the Big East. I think Creighton, I, I, listen, I was on Creighton last year going into that tournament in the, in, in the conference championships and the, in your podcast in the tournament, not as high on Creighton as I was last year, but that's just not a team you want to face. They were a six seed last year that was under and honestly, they probably should have been in the Final Four. They should have beat your boys from San Diego State, but they didn't. I like Creighton. I don't love them like I did last year. I love Marquette. That is Razor Rosenthal. He has great college basketball insight and analysis. 
His Twitter is linked in the description of this episode. You guys can check that out. Uh, He'll be joining us periodically over the next few weeks as we inch ever so close to March Madness. I'm so excited to, to chat with Razor for our fourth year running. I, I love doing this fun activity of you giving us a college basketball crash course on the show and uh, very excited to to turn it around and do some intense college basketball analysis here in March. Yeah, let's do it. Bring me back in a few weeks. Let's preview some of the conference championship brackets, perhaps the day before uh, it all gets started. And of course, the dance. Hey, listen, find survivor pools, find uh, as many brackets as you can fill because that's the path for fun and winning money. I just cannot, and I cannot express that enough, how hard it is to win the NCAA tournament in the gambling space. But uh, I hope everyone has a great few weeks ahead and good luck with all your wagers. And Kyle, always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.